Hey, Janet. Hey, Kent. Welcome to Manny vs. Mommy. Thank you. I have a joke, but I'm just trying to catch my breath. <laughs> have you heard of the group Cellophane? No. They're mostly, they mostly rap. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, we can't just jump into recordings like that. <laughs> no, that was rough. Welcome to Manny vs. Mommy. That's Janet Barton. That's Kent Exum. We're and here. here we go. <laughs> and we're off to the races. What are you brought to us by? This week... I am brought to you by Cradbury. I don't care if they're spelled Cadbury. They're Cradbury eggs. I love these little mini eggs. Mm. And I'm so excited they're gone so I don't have to have them anymore. Right? Because you got the dark chocolate ones, right? Oh, the royal chocolate. Royal which chocolate. Was like a, it wasn't straight dark chocolate. It was dark and milk chocolate mixed together. Oh, it was so good. I could only find them one time. And then after that, I couldn't find them. Thanks, COVID. I think Cradbury mini eggs should come out in July as well. And we already talked about red, this. white, and blue eggs. Yeah, red, white, and blue, and then they can be at Christmas. So it's like not too far in between for all of them. You know, a few yeah. months. I think <sighs> they're missing out on a huge opportunity. I'm just saying. My brother refuses to eat them since Hershey bought them. They just taste different, and he won't eat them. They were like his favorite <laughs> thing. Now he just refuses. Oh no, they've Which changed is great for everything. Me. I'll right? take them. Yeah, exactly. Fine, I don't have to share with you. That's how I feel when the kids don't like something. I'm like, great, more for me. Do you ever find stuff you know the, for sure your kids won't like? Not on purpose. I do. Sometimes. <laughs> I Yeah, they know mommy treats. It's funny. Even if it's stuff that they like, they're like, oh no, you can't have that. It's a mommy treat. That, that's been around since the girls were little. My girls who are adults now. You've got 18-year-old girls. Yeah. You're pregnant again. Yeah, and I'm pregnant and having, yeah, so now I have adults and a fetus. You're kind of like the racer that's almost the finish line and then trips. (laughs) (laughs) And then gets loaded up in the ambulance and they drive her the opposite direction. (laughs) That was like like the most accurate description. I feel like I need a gif of that with that kind of description. I I need my own gif of a runner almost getting to the finish line and then having a major crash and being like, me as my girls turn 18 and find myself pregnant again (laughs) so close but I see you know five year six year gap is almost a six year gap it's pretty significant it's gonna be weird when Genevieve's like teenager I know and wanting and you know her own life and she's gone and you've got this 10 year old at home yeah and only a 10 year old it'll be different for sure Oh, so we... weird. You've always had so many kids, and it'll be weird to just have one. Yeah, brother... everybody hits that point, you know. My brother was eight years younger than us, and it's like two separate families. Sure. Everything was so different from him. And I kind of have years. three separate, right? Because I had my five yeah. so close together, and then a three and a half year gap, and the four little ones all just under two years apart, about twenty two months, and then six years later, one. <laughs> so it's like three different families. It's you know. Why would a, I expect anything less from my life? That's we're starting just how I to do. go fund me for Janet to get cable so she can <laughs> stop having kids. <laughs> Need something else to do with my time. Uh, I've, you know, Greg had always said we, we're just going to keep going until we make an ugly one. <laughs> so as long as this one's not ugly, maybe, maybe there's more out there. Uh, along those lines, though, my brought to you by is actually my maternity shoot mm-hmm. on Saturday. It was magical. It was magical. Christine, Sarah, she does, um, she, I think I mentioned it last time. She's in Heber city, Christine, Sarah photography. Honestly, she does boudoir photos. She does, she really is about empowering women. You can follow her on Instagram and, you know, Facebook, whatever. 
She was amazing. I felt so beautiful. And it helped that my hairdresser had agreed to do my hair. I said, listen, I'm not going to feel beautiful and be able to embrace this aspect of what this, the purpose of this is unless I have my hair done. So you said empowering women and I immediately went to designing women, the TV show. <laughs> I just had glimpses of that popping up oh, in my mind. Oh, that's funny. Designing women was, because uh, we were just reminiscing yeah. when we recorded previously. So <laughs> designing women. What was that woman's name? The actress? She had a really unique name. It was like, I don't know. We'll have to look it up. It was no Golden Girls. Let me just put it that way. No, but the shoulder pads for days, man. All those, oh, those good times. Anyway, back to what? Delta Burke. Delta Burke. Yeah, I remember it was a really unique name. I was thinking Blake. Julia Sugarbaker. Hmm. Mary Jo Shipley. Anthony Bouvier. Yeah, I don't remember any of those people. He was the token black guy. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Back in the 80s, it was really different. When I whisper, it doesn't pick up on the mic, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works. Anyway, I wasn't finished with my brought to you by and how amazing this photo shoot was. I know, was. but I couldn't stop laughing about designing women. I, was, I know, that's why I had to like pause. I was like, you need a minute to share that or you can't refocus. <laughs> well, I was just imagining you in like shoulder pads and a belly, a baby bun. I mean, it is. They're glamour photos. Like, they're fabulous. She's an absolutely incredible artist. Like, she, she does a lot of shoulder pads into the sheet that's flowing <laughs> off of you. Yes. That's what I imagined. <laughs> let's, throw these, let's throw these shoulder pads in real quick. Hang on. Hold still. <laughs> yeah, but it was ultimately like this two-hour modeling shoot is what it was like. Just, you know, the, the art that she puts into it. It wasn't like a regular family photographer, you know. Yeah. It was a really unique experience. I got professional... Uh, makeup done but I did say don't touch my hair because I literally drove from my hairdresser my hairdresser to my hairdresser my hairdresser <laughs> <laughs> like a heifer <laughs> that's how I feel right now I guess it's my subconscious but I drove from there to the photo shoot so they did my makeup and it was a lot of fun it was very empowering because she showed me a couple of the photos and I did feel like oh my gosh I look really beautiful and that's what made me end up changing my Facebook thing that was just from you know, portrait photo with a, I think it was vivid filter on it, you know, but she's going to do a lot of touch up and things too. So I'm excited and she's got it set up. So the photo reveal in two weeks, assuming I haven't had a baby and getting to that point, um, then I'll go up in two weeks and she'll have 25 of the photos matted and up on the wall in like an eight by 10. So I can see the printed images. That's the point. She does a lot of printed images. She's like, what good does it do you to have them saved on your phone? Or well, you can go look the at them anytime you want. Yeah, but the quality is so different, right? It doesn't it doesn't display the art of it. Because so if I'm your house burns down, you can just grab your phone and not grab pictures off the wall. <laughs> That's true. I have thought about getting one really nice photo for my bedroom though. You know, just something that I can look at every day and feel like, or oh my God, I look amazing. You take those digital photos and put them on the TV screen and have it go through a slideshow and you get to see them all. Yeah, but digital. See, it's so different. It's a different medium. It's like reading a book versus watching a movie. It's totally different. No. It's <laughs> it like is. looking at a photo with sunglasses on and not glasses on. Yeah. Digital's not that different between I, a movie and I a dis- book. I disagree. Because they're both because, images you're looking at. Yeah, so it's the same kind of medium. I'll give you that. Not just audio, because that's Cause audio reading a book, visual. you have to like come up with the images yourself. And... Yeah, it is different. Fine. 
I don't know. I win. Comparison. Podcast over. And Manny versus mommy. Manny won. This this is our last episode. Just so everyone knows, I I'm kind of feeling that right now with all the pressures of life and everything, <laughs> everything going on. Like you know what? Fine. I'll just go record and today and say this is the last episode. We're done. Thanks for listening. Appreciate your support. Goodbye. We're moving on with life and doing. I prepared so else. much for today's episode. No, we're done. You won. That's the end. <sighs> That's my boundary. <laughs> How's that for my segue? <laughs> trying to think of something clever, but I thought it was really mean, so I just was like, oh, Maybe I better that. bite my tongue. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about boundaries. Boundaries. Let's go back. This is what we were so excited last week when we, we couldn't record, it. which we did find out was a technical <laughs> issue, right? And I don't, I, did I do my corrections corner where I talked about how Candace is not with a K, Candace Owens, it's with a C. Uh-uh. So there we go. I'll correct that real quickly. And we'll correct what happened last week. There's Apparently, nothing wrong with your computer. Some older houses, like you have to flip a switch for an outlet to work. We have some outlets like that at my house, but they're like Do up you? in the, yeah. There's one in the coat closet that connects the outside lights. Oh, that's cool. So for Christmas lights, right? You can turn them on and off with that switch. So they do still have them, but this is like in a main room. But yeah, I'm going to try two different plugs, and both plugs were the ones that were... But yeah, and they may all be connected in here. I mean, this is one of the oldest homes in Orem, where we're recording now. It's on 16th North, and it's they're actually widening it, and so it's empty right now. You don't know which on. one it is. <laughs> Record on Sundays? <laughs> Come get us. We locked the door. It's fine. But I have actually heard because a lot of these homes are abandoned that they're dealing with um, squatters and stuff like that. So That'll be interesting. I didn't walk, do the walkthrough today, but I usually will go downstairs and just make sure. I said that. I was like, Kent will look when we get here. When he gets here, it'll be fine. It'll work out. But now you didn't. Now Maybe there's the somebody down there. Listening to us right now is like, oh, they've got enough problems. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, especially with the talking we do before we record and in between. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the quote that I have from Michelle Chalfant, the adult chair, she posted, The only people who get upset when you set boundaries are the ones who benefited from you having none. Tell me how that's shown up in your life. Why was that so poignant for you? Because um, I know why it is for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't want to throw people under the bus or anything specific, but... It is interesting when all of a sudden you're like, no, I'm not okay with this. How offended other people can be. Or sometimes they're not a part of your life anymore. Yeah, I don't want to go with the flow anymore. So I had a really good friend and I had a concern and I was like, I want to talk about this concern I have one time. And after we've talked about it, you know how I feel about it. Like we never have to talk about it again. And that's how I was raised. You sit down, you talk about it. The other person knows how you feel. It's over. You don't bring it up. You don't anything. So I did that, and then she was like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. So we're just not friends. And that's, that's incredible. Like, I mean, that's obviously an extreme example. Do you mind but... sharing what the what the boundary was? Like, what it involved? If it was something so severe for her that she was like, well, I can't be a part of this anymore, then, if that's the way it's going to be. Uh, it was alcohol use. Mm. Like, I'm concerned that it's an issue. And that's it. Another friend who would send her quizzes on how to know you're an alcoholic and stuff like that. They're still friends. So why did my one time... I don't know. And maybe there's something else. Yeah, something underlying. That's interesting. But she ended the friendship and that was that. And 
It's weird. Boundaries are so, so hard, especially if you don't grow up with a good example. Like your boundaries of being able to communicate that effectively, I feel like are pretty rare. I had to work really, really hard to get to a point where I could even communicate a boundary because I didn't know where my boundary was. It took me a lot of years and I grew up with a really uh, good example of severe codependency. I'm pretty sure my dad had borderline personality disorder and bipolar as well. Um, but because of that, I had a really good example of how to not have any boundaries because I needed to make sure everybody else was okay. I need to make sure you're happy or I can't be happy. I get happy for making you happy. So now when people say, you make me so happy, I'm like, you're happy. You're happy when you're with me, but I don't make you happy. That's not my responsibility. Yeah. And I've, re- I really have shifted that language that I correct it. Somebody says, you make me so happy. I'm like, no, oh, that's a choice for you. I'm glad I can be there to facilitate, but you choose that. So what do boundaries look like for you? Is this out of bounds? Nope. As he reaches over to touch me. <laughs> I am all about consent. However, consent is always implied from me with you. <laughs> Everyone knows this. <laughs> it's okay. He's gay. I saw a comedian talking about that, about how there's, he's like, I know there's those shady guys who everybody in the group, like, they're not outwardly gay. Like, they're not out. But everybody knows Kyle's gay. Like, it doesn't matter, right? So he's like, he comes in and does a boob grab or a butt grab on my girlfriend and it's like, oh, it's okay, he's gay. And he's getting a free pass. I know, I'm on to you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not gay. Yeah, exactly. There's you just nothing, get these freebies. <laughs> there's nothing more entertaining than being around a whole bunch of, like, really masculine men that are trying to prove they're masculine. And I'm like, hey, guys, look at this. And I just go and touch girls anywhere I want. <laughs> and the girls don't even mind. They're just like, yeah. it's so fun. And their faces. Yeah, you get a free pass. Yeah. And it's like... I wish I enjoyed it <laughs> in, in the way that you do. I'm only enjoying it because it's giving you a rise because you're responding. <laughs> I'm just doing it for that fun. Actually not enjoying the part that you would enjoy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. What do boundaries look like for me? Um, you know, a lot of it is just that self-care piece of like, I have worked really hard to decide what's important to me and where my boundaries are as far as what I'll do emotionally for someone else what I'll do physically for someone else. Like I used to just overextend myself doing so much emotional work for my marriage, for my relationships with my kids, like just that enmeshed kind of thing. And, and it was about control. That codependency is about control. Um, and it comes from, you know, children of alcoholic parents. That's very common to see that codependency because you had to take care of them or take care of yourself at least. So growing up in that type of environment, because my dad was an alcoholic, he wasn't in my life really after about seven when my parents divorced. I saw him a couple times a year, you know, but that effect is there. Yep. Those core beliefs are there. And so definitely child of an alcoholic, pick somebody who has borderline personality disorder to continue that codependency. And so sometimes my boundaries just look like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Now's not a good time for me. I need some space. Um, sometimes it looks like I'm not willing to do that emotional work for you. <laughs> like you need to do your stuff, right? Yeah. I can try and help you have a paradigm shift or a change in beliefs by sharing my experiences, sometimes very loudly and passionately. <laughs> 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 but I do have that boundary of I'm not, 
I can't do the work for you. I can't help you. Which is so frustrating. Improve yourself. You have so to do it yourself. If I oh yeah. Just do it. Let me just get it. Let check me just it off do my it. list. Get it out of the way. There's That's a reason I that I. There's a reason that I was fertilizing the back lawn. The one time I handed it off, bam, fried spots on the lawn. Like, see, well, I needed to do it myself. I feel attacked. You I should. should feel attacked. This is actually. A, <laughs> this is an we're invitation. We're not up. This is just an invitation for you to change. <laughs> Oh, but no, I, I think boundaries can look like a lot of different things. You know, you have boundaries um, in interpersonal relationships of every kind, but you have inter interpersonal boundaries with romantic relationships and especially sexually and like what you're comfortable with, with your body. Like there's just so many different aspects to it. What does it look like for you recently? Because I know you've been working on this a lot too. Um, a lot of it, like you said, is control. My codependency issues are different. Like, I have different causes of mine. And different motivations, Different too. motivations. Yeah. But a lot of it is more of a concern of, you realize how much harder everything is going to be, right? <laughs> I know best for you. I know best for you. If you just do I'll this... I'll fix your journey. You could... Uh, yeah, yeah, let's avoid these pit stops and these other things. So it's really hard to look at it. All of it is just because I don't want to concentrate on myself. So I can fix everyone else. And yep. So doing the work on myself helps me realize that there are boundaries that I need to put in place. And a lot of the times that's more of a boundary within myself. I have more, I have difficulty with boundaries with myself, not boundaries with others, I feel like. Interesting. Yeah, I, I did an experience during an emotional growth seminar where they talk about, okay, let's talk about commitments. Commitments that you make with yourself and commitments that you make to other people. And he has you go up and everybody's accountable. Everybody goes up and writes their numbers up there. The percentage of time out of 100 that you keep your commitments to yourself versus the percentage of time out of 100 that you keep your commitments to other people. And it was really, really interesting to see how much everybody else almost always takes care of other people and meets their commitments to other people than they do to themselves. So I had a really good experience when I was on my mission with my mission president who talked about how frustrated he feels when people come to him with their problems because he feels like he has to take them on himself. And so they feel relieved because I've vented, I've given it, I've passed the responsibility mm -hmm. to someone else, essentially is what it comes down to. And how he would leave when he was the bishop, the local head of the congregation, or mission president, or any... I'm picturing the head of a conjugation. <laughs> like the top of a conjugated I, sentence. I have a half-melted <laughs> egg in my mouth. I'm trying to not chew. Maybe, how did you end up with an egg in your mouth I while we were recording? <laughs> it's been in there for a while. <laughs> anyway, people would pass the responsibility to him, so they would leave feeling great, and then he would feel so weighed down. And, yeah. Oh, great, now I have to solve their problems. And, and that so, boundary is so important for therapists. And the thing is, all of the clergymen are volunteer. And so they're thrown into this capacity where they don't have, a, they're not trained. No, but they're essentially being therapists in that position. And that's mm -hmm. to have those boundaries in place is so important of I'm not going to take this on. It's not my job to fix you. I'm going to offer my expertise and my support, but ultimately it's up to you. And I can't take that burden on, but sometimes just knowing things have happened to someone, mm -hmm. you have to have empathy. Well, I choose to have empathy and sit in that space with them. And so as I do that, that takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of connection. That's what it was like being a, a birth care 
provider. You know, being a doula, being a student midwife, it takes everything out of you. And so then you get home and need a full day sometimes to recover. And you can't be with your family that day either. It's hard. So he would always use the phrase, okay, how are you going to solve that? How are you going to fix that? Solve it, you know. what? So he put the responsibility right back on us. And how are you going to do that? Yeah. So that's something I try and do. But then I'm like, okay, you said you're going to solve it this way. Why aren't you doing it? <laughs> now That's I need to see issue. the follow through. Yeah. <laughs> More control. <laughs> it's great to have that idea, but you're not doing it. Uh, so how do you think that, because we have changed with our boundaries, how do we navigate relationships where boundaries have changed? Because that's what the original quote's about. Yeah. And honestly, I you see people disappear a lot from your life. I think that experience that you had, that she was outright enough about it to say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I think is unusual, but you see that a lot with, you know, ghosting or distancing Mm -hmm. and just going, well, I don't get to manipulate you the way that I used to. And so this relationship no longer serves me, which you'll see a lot with a narcissist. You start setting boundaries with them. I want to clarify in case she does listen or somebody who listens who doesn't. I don't feel like she was being manipulated. Manipulative. Manipulative to me. I feel like Maybe that's just not something she wanted to address. Yeah, or which is fair. Or maybe she was embarrassed and just yeah. couldn't handle it. But. Like, I can't have you in my life right now because I'm not ready to look at that part of myself. Yeah, but I don't feel like it was manipulative. So for that instance, it wasn't, sure. but for what you were saying. For the about. narcissism, mm-hmm. yeah, where it's that you're you're a puppet, you're a player in my on my stage, and now that I can't puppet you around anymore because you're standing up for yourself, now you no longer serve me and they move on to someone else, which... If you want to get a narcissist Hallelujah. out of your life, that's sorry a great to way the to do it. They just moved on to. But... Yeah, yeah. Sorry that it's your problem now, and it, it's like a con artist. You know, mm-hmm. it's that that mentality of I'm just going to move on to someone else that I can manipulate and take advantage of. And I don't think it's that extreme for most people who are somewhere on that scale of narcissism or you know similar mental illness, but it can be. What about the people that you can't cut out of your life? You know what? I actually had a suggestion pop into my mind just now and how to deal with a narcissist or a sociopath or just someone in your life that really is um, manipulative and you're very susceptible to have a hard time initiating boundaries. Uh, It's called the gray rock method. I'll post it to our social media. Um, But it's just something that you essentially, okay, for example, once you parked your car, when you got here and you walked in, how many gray rocks do you think you saw? 20. How many you passed, right? Yeah. Did you notice one of them? No. No, of course not. It wasn't even on your radar. That's what you have to become to someone like that. So if you're in a relationship with them, they suggest wearing muted colors. For a woman, don't wear anything sexy, right? If this is your husband that you're trying to distance from and not let control you anymore, um, you don't do anything remarkable. You don't say anything remarkable. How was your day? It was good. You're a gray rock. Somebody else is going to garner attention because you're not giving them anything fancy to look at. It's not a beautiful flower that you might notice, right? Hmm. It's a gray rock and you just kind of melt into the background and they move on. you see those purple flowers growing in the grass, by the way? (laughs) Because I did notice those. (laughs) Exactly. Those are remarkable, right? Those are significant and they draw your attention. So if you just become boring and become a gray rock and don't respond when they try and incite you, because that happens, right? Mm-hmm. They push your buttons because they can see that you're disappearing into the background. And they're like, oh, no, stay here. Stay here. I still want to I still want to control you. I still want to play. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that fall into those types of relationships. But if you can just kind of back off and become a gray rock, 
they get bored and they move on to someone else. So, like you said, sorry for the next person, but <laughs> I'm done. Anthony's raising his hand like we're in class. Oh, he wants one of my Cradberry eggs. No, no. forget it. Forget about it. So did I. Oh, I might have had four. I had like 20. I gave you an extra one. Calm down. <laughs> See, I set a boundary that you're trying to push, Anthony. I'm just being an example. You're welcome. <laughs> so what else have you learned about boundaries as you've been working on them more? Um, what have you seen the, the fallout be aside from that one major incident? Have you seen any other things uh, in your life pop up that way? Just relationships changing, the dynamics changing. How have you found to navigate that? Because I think that's what we had started to talk about and then kind of got sidetracked. But how have you, have you seen that change? Um, I can think of one example where the only thing that's changed is the topics that you're willing to discuss, right? Like there's certain things that you just go, this isn't worth it. Our relationship is more important, right? Yeah. And that relationship hasn't changed that much. I've done that a few, yeah, a few times. And that's actually been really good. Because I used to be, like, super into politics. Really good at arguing. Imagine how I am now, times like 100. Yeah. Because I was working online all day, so I would see articles. I would be listening to podcasts. Like, I was just constantly... Politics was my favorite topic. And so when I hear and see people that I know are factually misrepresenting something... And I know where those sources are and I know what the numbers are. It's so hard for me now to be like, actually, it's this. And here's your sources and here's this and here's this. In fact... Sometimes they don't want to be confused with the facts, though. Yeah. <laughs> don't so confuse them with the facts. There was a post that you had posted on your personal Facebook page that I had clarified what I thought you were meaning to say by the post. So yeah. One of your friends had said, well, it's actually this way. And I was like, well, I think the meaning is this. Like, this is the concern. And then she came back, so we argued a little bit, and I had written out the longest text of, <laughs> this is all the sources, this is why you're wrong, this is why I'm right, like... Text message to her, or I was on the post? on the post, I had written this yeah. whole thing. And the last thing she had said was, basically, that when I read something, I share my opinion, and then I move on. And one of your other random friends said, but you didn't move on from this last thing. And she didn't share, she shared it, she said, uh, information, more, or like reasoning behind it and yeah. she hadn't posted anything Any reasoning behind anything. it no no links nothing nothing so it was just so funny because then i was just like okay i don't have to say anything like yep, someone else is on my side i get it i like, can just walk away. walk away i don't argue on social media as much as i used to it doesn't change anyone's mind that's the thing if you're having a one-on-one -on -one in-person conversation i think you're more likely to have some influence but i don't think i've ever read anything or seen a lot of information from facebook at least somebody's personal Hey, this is my thoughts on it. Links are a little bit different, right? Yeah. At least for me. Because if I read enough information, I'm open to changing my mind. But just arguing back and forth with somebody, I'm like, I'm no. I'm not going to change my mind. You're not going to change but your mind. But the reason I don't think I'm going to change that person's mind, I just want other people who read that to have a more different correct information about it. Yeah. yeah. Because how many times do we read one thing online and then... It's not and then possible. run with it, which that's is it. a lot what, of what they're doing, right? Yeah. So that's why the links for me are different. Because if I'm wrong, I'm willing to accept that I'm wrong and, you know, change my mind. We met a really good lady at one of the last times we went to the drag show. She was a friend of a friend and democratic socialist mm -hmm. compared to me being, you know, a huge conservative. And we debated at our friend Lindsay's house at like 2 a.m. for almost, I think, like two hours, just <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. And Lindsay just kind of watched for the most part, like 
it was like a tennis game to her. She was going, you know, had going super to person to person. Respectful, uh-huh. but that was the whole thing. Was we weren't really friend friends, and we started off saying, you know, like I don't mean to be disrespectful or anything, but this is why I feel this way. And she was sharing, you know, different things why she got to the point she is, because she does have a son who's insulin dependent who can't afford insulin. Yeah, and you know how much of a medical burden that's cost on the family. So of course she's for socialized medicine because that will help that cost. Yeah, and I hear socialized medicine like, oh no, (laughs) like no. So I was able to, and we were able to talk about that, and you know why is that way? What why is the system this way? And we kind of together learned more about why the system was that way instead of just arguing back and forth. Yeah, kind of unified on the same team of let's understand. And she didn't change my mind. I didn't change her mind, but I understand her more, and she understands me more, and. And that's why I think the in-person is such a different thing. But I think it's, I had that in my marriage where there was a topic that we just did not discuss ever. It it was not, not pizza toppings. It was actually circumcision, but it's not something that we ever discussed, even though, you know, I made different choices with different kids. It, it was just not something we ever discussed because it was just too heated. It was like playing phase 10. Couldn't anymore. It's banned. Like it's off the table. Sorry. <laughs> that's so funny. That, that's another boundary. And My... those those are fight kind of funny boundaries that we put in place, but yeah. it just wasn't a safe space for us. Either having that discussion about a, a heated topic or playing a game where we could screw each other over when we're super competitive. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope. I love that game. Uh, My I sister, don't miss it. when she was pregnant with her first child, she invited my dad, my brother, and I to go have dinner with her and her husband. And after dinner, we played phase 10. And she's super competitive and super lucky. Like, she just has luck. She, <laughs> she wins every game, it. and it's so frustrating. And so we were all ganging up on her because she was, I believe she was a phase or two ahead of everybody. Oh, I'm so sure. So we're all ganging up trying to catch up, which is, you know, how you play the game. And her husband skips her. She throws the cards down, storms out of the room. And they're like, you know, still kind of newlyweds. They've been married for a year or two at this point. So he's like, uh, so he goes back with it. So I look at my dad and my brother. And I'm like, let's leave. <laughs> like, and we just walked out of the house. We didn't say goodbye or anything. That's awesome. Left. Great used to respond like that. My kid's dad used to respond like that during games. There was one time we were playing, um, cranium. Do you remember that game? Mm-hmm. It's still around, but it was when it first came out. You have like four different options. You can draw like Pictionary. Charades. Charades is one of them. Yep. Molding it in clay or Play-Doh. And then what was the other one? I don't remember. I don't remember either. There's a fourth one. But he was doing the Pictionary one. And I can't even remember. Oh, I do remember. Um, He was drawing something around a pile of essentially, you know, poop. And then he drew a garbage can with this thing around it. <laughs> at the end, we didn't guess it. And at the end, it was fly. And he's like, I drew shit. I drew garbage. Like, threw the pencil in the pad. And, like, got up from the table. Lost his mind because we didn't guess his, his fly. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was intense to play games with. It was just kind of fun. I used to be really intense. But now I'm just like, eh, whatever. It doesn't and matter. that's, do you feel like that's a transition or kind of a boundary that you've set for yourself? Because it's, it's a it doesn't make it enjoyable. Myself. So when, <laughs> when I was in Texas again on my mission, there was this really annoying 
female missionary that I just did not get along with. Like, and I tend to get along with females way easier than males. Yeah. And we just couldn't, couldn't see eye to eye. The first time I hung out with her, we played baseball and she threw a bat at me. She swears it was an accident. I swear it's intentional to this day. Yeah. I still don't like her. <laughs> so we were playing the game of life. Mm. And I totally like smashed everything. Like I smashed her. I won that game so hard. And I turned around and I said, this is how it's going to be in real life. I'll always win and you'll always lose. <laughs> Which is a dick thing to say. Like it was rude. And immature, she threw the table and stormed out and refused to ever play anything with me again, which I thought was great because I didn't yeah. have to interact with her. That's perfect. We just agreed to not be around each other. Which now you say stuff like that and it's funny and you mean for it to be funny, but also true. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of truth to every joke, uh, right? Her companion, the other missionary that was with her, thanked me later because <laughs> she was insufferable, but <laughs> so am I, so. It's true. <laughs> it is what it is. Ugh. <sighs> Boundaries. Like Games. That's how you know how well people's boundaries are. Right. Play a game with them. And yeah. See. Playing a game, actually, I, it, through a lot of um, those emotional growth seminars, we talked about you, your initial experiences playing a game. And then you come back in and kind of talk about your experience and what you noticed about yourself during this game. Because it's teamwork. And so you see who steps up as leadership and who just identifies really as a follower and who speaks up when they know something is right versus who chooses not to that kind of stuff yeah and uh, you come back together and then it's like how you play games is how you live your life so how you handle the frustration how you interact with other people how you know that kind of stuff it's how you live your life so last night i was at tiffany's house and i played phase 10 with her kids and i was behind like multiple so i'm playing with her kindergartner and I'm trying to convince the kindergartner Sadie to be on my team. No, I want to play my own. But she doesn't want me to see her cards to help her. So she can't really play. Right. So I'm like, you're in our way. Like, you're slowing everything <laughs> down. Just go. Trying to be efficient. Yeah. Like, let's, it's, we got ten phases to get through. Let's go. We're on phase two, and this has been a half an hour. <laughs> so I was frustrated. My sister came and sat with her. I was like, great, now Tiffany's playing the game. Like, that changes everything. Now she's going to win. Yes, exactly. So I was three phases behind everyone. Oh, no. And I could not get a set of four and a run of four to save my life. And I was getting so mad. And I was like, okay, just, like, it's fine. It's a game. Like, it doesn't matter. And so I stopped myself and then was like, I'll just enjoy the game. And then I got ahead of everyone. Yes. Because I started Once enjoying the game. Yeah. yeah. And my other, I had a niece there that, oh, she was just devastated if we wouldn't give her extra chances to pass the level like we're all ready to put our cards out she's like just one more chance just one more chance i'm like no we're that's we're not moving how it on. works like, let's go this isn't life <laughs> and so she's devastated and then my niece sadie who's playing with tiffany every time we skipped her she'd be like okay it's <laughs> totally different right yeah. they live their lives very differently because of the personality and you know their experiences so far in life so it's just boundaries and i think personal boundaries is with yourself everyone should be working on i think yeah because there's a difference between boundaries with yourself and boundaries with other people it's just like keeping commitments right yeah because like you said having that boundary with yourself of i'm choosing not to play the game that way but i used to make games unfun for other people when i'd win yeah that's how competitive i was compared to let's just let's just enjoy time together yeah where the purpose of the game is to enjoy the game not necessarily to win but yes still to win 
what's the point? Why would you play if you're not going to win? Yeah, why would you play if you're not going to keep score? Like, what's the point? Oh, don't even get me started on that. Let's not keep score. Well, then how do we know when we're done? How do we know if I won? Because I'm going to win, so how do we know? Have you ever played Uno with a kid that doesn't know how to play and just throws a card down and you have to accept that card and keep going? (laughs) Throws strategies out? I hate that. I refuse to do it. (laughs) I can handle somebody who knows how to play the game, changing the game by a different card, and not someone that just throws a random card down. We have to just go with that card. You have to just, yeah, even though it doesn't match. (laughs) Yeah. Even though it's it's not a playable card. It's all control. Yeah. And strategy. And, but I think one thing with boundaries is that you have to not be afraid to state this is my boundary. Mm-hmm. If it changes our relationship, it changes our relationship. But I'm not going to compromise myself. Absolutely. When it gets to that point where it's affecting you in such a way that you're not willing to do that anymore. that And you change the dance, essentially. You know, if you've been doing, let's say, the polka... And one of you changes the dance, the other person has two options, really. Follow with them and go with the flow and change the dance or walk away and not dance anymore, you know? I pick option three, just keep doing the polka. <laughs> Stare them dead in the eyes. Make them change again. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess that would be a third option, would be <laughs> trying to gain that control back. But people who don't respect other people's boundaries don't have any boundaries of their own that's why they don't respect other people's boundaries because when I am having an interaction with someone and I say well this is how I feel about it this is how I'd like to see things going forward but I respect if it looks different for you like I respect that boundary if you'd rather not go down that path just understand that this is my boundary and it's firm you know and so if we have to find a different way to approach this together because that's your boundary and this is my boundary. At least we can be on the same team solving the problem because you're not the problem with your boundary. I'm not the problem with my boundary. The problem is the problem. Oh. Anthony, Anthony <laughs> is the problem. problem. Always, I'm the problem. Back to your invitation to change, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, but may, being on the same side and working together as a team to solve the problem and find a solution that works for both of us, I think that's important. So what do you do when someone's like, I don't like how you've changed because of this? Because they might not realize it's a boundary now being enforced. They're viewing it as this person's changed. Your personality's changed. I should change. I should change and so should you. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm learning and growing and part of that process for me looks like enforcing this boundary for myself that I may have just discovered I had. Maybe I didn't have that boundary before, but I need it to keep me safe. Because boundaries are expandable and retractable, right? When I feel safe, my boundary comes in closer and you get closer to me by me being vulnerable and sharing things and whatever that looks like. But when I don't feel safe, that boundary goes right back out and you're distanced and that's, you know, like boundaries uh, on things that I'll share with a stranger. We've talked a little bit about this, things that I'll share with a stranger versus somebody that I'm close to. And for you, retracting that boundary and bringing someone in close to you is pretty rare. So when you do, you expect it to be respected and honored. And for somebody whose boundaries can move and are more fluid, right? They move more easily. Mm -hmm. That might not be such a big risk for me to let you into that part of my life. Now, those boundaries look different with different things. Physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, financial boundaries, safety boundaries, like all that kind of stuff is going to look different. But they can all change. a safety word? (laughs) With you? (laughs) 
Wait, or for 2020. <laughs> because I don't feel like 2020 is respecting our boundary. This joke is starting to feel a little rapey. So I saw that meme the other day. I about died. So how do we deal with the frustration, pain, anger, betrayal when someone doesn't respect a boundary? Because for me, I take it a lot more hard. I was going to ask how, yeah, how you respond when that happens. First, I respond hurt. So I distance myself and retract, and then I have to reevaluate and push that boundary out, right? Like, I don't feel safe around you. Yep. I need distance, I need space, so I'm going to push you outside of this boundary and move it out. And that looks so different than I'm a manipulative asshole that's just trying to manipulate you by changing my interactions with you. Like, I yeah, physically. Yeah, it's a different intention. I emotionally can't interact with you right now. That's the difference for me is the intention with boundaries, because if you're establishing a boundary, with the intention of protecting yourself and maintaining a healthy relationship with the other person or yourself, that's different than trying to manipulate. It's a different intention entirely. Jenna, I need to enforce a boundary. I'm not comfortable with your kids. (laughs) Please respect my boundary. Okay, I'll respect your boundary and I still expect you to come in every day. (laughs) I, I respect that you're not comfortable around them. Find a way to figure it out. <laughs> Let's work together, I mean. Okay. Let's work together to find a solution that works for Dang both it. of us, which looks pretty much the same as it has been. <laughs> we do try and leave you alone on the weekend. I mean, you get to see one of them when we record, and you get to see me, but other than that, I try not to text you about stuff with the kids, like anything going on. I just usually ignore. <laughs> well, I, that's why I don't If you do call, it. then I'm like, oh, okay, this is something This is that's... important, which I have done. There's been times where I'm like, oh, this is going on and I need some help. Because we really are, you know, a trio with the co-parenting. So I respect your, <laughs> with the co-parenting. Don't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The boundaries. jokes we make. Boundaries are fun. And there's a lot of things I have no boundaries on. I know. Well, that's fun trying to figure out. If people do have, well, I think you mean with other people. Yeah. Yeah. So like making jokes that are inappropriate to some people. I think you respect though if somebody isn't comfortable and you're sensitive to it. So it's not like those people who are totally inappropriate or on the wrong kind of people and make them uncomfortable. And these are people who don't know they have that boundary or won't stand up for themselves. You're pretty sensitive to even those people, I think. I've been sensitive my whole life, especially when I get a haircut. Follicles are like yeah. follicles. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> What's the word? Follicle. Follicles. Nope. F O L L I C L E. I have a I know boundary I need to enforce with you making fun of this dyslexic person. <laughs> Go for it. Don't. We don't. Get to, we don't get to laugh about it. Yeah. You get to make fun of yourself. I'm not allowed to participate. Exactly. That's fine. That's something I've worked with one of your kids for a couple of years now. Like, let's laugh about it. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Let's laugh at ourselves. It's not that. And they're they're pretty good about it. I think you've helped a lot of the kids get comfortable with that, where they're just and because of that, if they get teased outside of the house it's like and <laughs> exactly you got nothing on the insults my manny does <laughs> yeah, I gotta go home and face the manny and he's already got a list we're just making life hard at home so that when life's hard outside the house you know it is what it is <laughs> one kid found out he's colorblind and took it really hard so i make colorblind jokes every day and he now laughs at them yeah it's like, okay so now it's not that big it's of an not issue. that big like, of a deal it's funny it's actually. crazy though because his eyes change colors which is amazing it's different 
That's What's a different, different thing than But then I would make a joke of maybe your eyes are so busy trying to change colors they can't see colors. <laughs> and that's what one that he like stopped and then laughed so hard. I was like, he okay, appreciates we've good moved humor. back. We've moved past this. It's not that big of an issue. Yeah. We can laugh about it and And I think that's a boundary with yourself too, not letting yourself go down a path where you berate yourself for something, but instead can laugh about it. Like, for example, I I saw something recently. I wish I would have saved it. I think I saw it on Facebook where it was changing the language so that rather than if you miss your turn, oh, such an idiot, but hey, I guess I won't be the chauffeur for anybody famous anytime soon, you know? Just laughing about it, right? Like, it's really not that big of a deal. It's It's frustrating in the moment, but... Time, well, tragedy plus time, even tragedy. Plus time equals humor. Do you want to tell them about the cross stitch you made for me? It's never too soon. It's never too soon. What? Do you want to tell them about the cross stitch you made for me? Oh, yes. Uh, The quote says, I I picked up cross stitching recently, which I haven't really talked about on the show, I don't think. Um, I'm making a custom one for a friend, Jason, right now that does the drag show because life is so different for everyone. Yes. And that's in flux a lot and and changing. Um, But I did make one that says babies suck. And then I've got a picture of a pacifier and a breast <laughs> <laughs> underneath it. Maybe I'll post pictures of these. Um, but then I made another one for Hannah that says, life sucks, then you die. And yours was my absolute favorite. I think it's yours was the second favorite. one I made. It's so true. It's not mean if it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's not mean it if was, it's hilarious. It was such a good pick for you. I had gotten this book with all these you know, funny sayings in it. Um, and that's been a lot of fun, but it's been really fun working on this one for Jason too. And I, Carl actually made the joke. He's like, how long have we known each other? I've never gotten a homemade gift. And I looked down at my baby belly and I said, Oh, earmuffs, honey. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best homemade gift ever that I'm giving you. Okay. Yeah. Like there's nothing in the world that would last longer. You're welcome. (laughs) It's a perfect homemade gift. I don't know. Mixtapes. Yeah, but it's, why did we start talking about cross-stitching? Oh, yours that, yeah, that I had made. it's not mean if it's hilarious. Yeah, it's not mean if it's hilarious. It is so true. But yeah, being able to laugh at yourself is one of the biggest, I think, things that we don't know it's okay to do. Yeah. It's not something that's really taught in school or taught anywhere. You have to learn it from people in your life, right? So my kids learning it at a young age is very helpful to be learning it during those developing years. And my kids, I mean, even my older kids. So all the main things I said to you, your mom just said was very helpful to me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> no, but my kids grew up that way too. Everybody used to say the Bartons are weaned on sarcasm. Like that's just how they grew up because Greg was the same way. Those are facts. <laughs> yeah. It was just, that's their reality. And so even my older kids can roll with the punches really well. And you're continuing that for my younger ones. It's great because it was it's never been my role. You know, my interaction with my kids is really different than it was, you know, with Greg, than Carl is with the kids, than you are with the kids. And so I try to focus on where I can help, which is not always spending a lot of time with them. (laughs) Try to make it quality time, you know, versus quantity, because there's a lot of kids and, you know, I am done sometimes. Well, it's hard because when you're doing work and you're discovering, when you're doing work on yourself and discovering, you know, new ideas and thoughts and behaviors... But then everyone else around you is not doing the same thing. Like, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Like, wait, I thought we were all past this. Oh, wait, we're not. This isn't a team effort. This is a individual. Yeah, this is an individual sport. <laughs> so, yeah, it's viewed as... As part of a team. Well, this person's changed. Well, yeah, I've grown. I've learned new things. I've kept going. 
and I'm learning new boundaries all the time. Because here's the thing. If nobody pushes up against your boundary, you don't know where it is. How would you know unless somebody makes you aware of it, right? Yeah. Almost all the boundaries that we have are because we've had an experience where we went, oh, I'm not okay with that. I need to set a boundary, right? And when they push up against it, it's not their job to know where it is. It's not my job to know where your boundary is. How could I possibly know that? It's your job to communicate that boundary to me. And if you're not doing that, you're not respecting the boundaries with yourself, right? To keep mm-hmm. yourself safe and to take care of you. Because I think a lot of self-care is boundaries. And it's hard. It's so hard. Well, I think you and I, again, we've talked about it multiple times, the Vegas trip learned this is how we can communicate. This is how we can do it. Because I told you I have to talk about this or else it will ruin the entire trip. Yeah. So immediately I'm putting you on the spot and you cause me to feel this way so it can go into a, like a shameful... This is all because of you. And you just sat there and listened. In my asked adult questions. chair. Yeah, asked questions, clarified. But I'm feeling this way and I don't like it. But then we left the county. Conversation ended. We had a great time. And since then, I don't feel like we've had anything that big because we've been able to communicate more effectively, you know, a little bit at a time versus, I don't know, it just doesn't seem so monumental well, as and, that one did. Yeah, and intentions. You know, we know intentions are different. So I'm not going to read you doing something as a personal attack. It's... Yeah, which is very much how it seemed at the time. Yeah. And it really, once I explained well, where my mind was. Because and... you made me feel that way. <laughs> I can't kidding. make you I'm feel just a certain kidding. way, I'm just right? <laughs> yeah, it's important language. But it's it was like, language. yeah, for you it was like, oh, I was just doing this. I wasn't, I didn't even notice that was an issue. And I will do my best to be aware of it going forward, which yeah. I really have tried to do. But I'm willing to be called out on it when I'm not, because that is a, a healthy boundary for you. And that's the thing is, it's got to it's got to come from a healthy place, not like I'm going to cut you out of my life because I hate you. <laughs> but if it comes from a healthy place of I need to cut you out of my life, and here's why. And sometimes I just get really bored and want to know what people's boundaries are with certain things, so I just poke just and push prod. Them. <laughs> How far can I go? <laughs> Let's find it. Well, I was like, no, it's for your own good, so we can find out your boundaries. Not You're because welcome. I was entertained for the last two hours. <laughs> I mean, it's a win-win, you know? <laughs> I, I don't see a downside to that. So It's true. Very healthy all around. <laughs> yeah, but I, I going back to the original statement, can you read that one more time? Do you have it pulled up still? Yes. I know you saved it. So, so again, this handy. is Michelle Chalfant. She posted this on our Facebook page, The Adult Chair, and she said... The only people who get upset when you set boundaries are the ones who benefited from you having none. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense. And a lot of times they don't have their own boundaries too, right. right? But there can be people who have very strong boundaries for themselves who don't respect other people's because like, like it goes back to they were benefiting from it in some way. Whether that was, you know, an emotional fuel for them which a lot of times it is with a narcissist or something similar. Um, But it could be something as simple as I didn't have to do it myself because you were willing to do it for me and now you're not. So I don't benefit anymore and now I have to do that myself, whatever it is. You know, whether it's a task or emotional work or whatever it is. Well, it's hard because like different circumstances. Yeah, we do have to help your kids out a lot when they're really young, right? 
but we don't provide that same level of help now to the older kids because because they're capable of doing it for themselves and, and the when, definition of codependency or crossing those boundaries is when you're doing something for someone else that they're fully capable of doing themselves that's different right different yeah. than helping someone who can't do that for themselves but then when they see oh mom's acting this way that's how she's acting with me and now she acts with me this way I see a lot of hurt feelings or confusion being possible when really our relationship is different. I have changed a lot in 18 to 20 years. And you've changed because you're no longer this little child that needs all these things. And maybe you still do. And you're not communicating that to me. And that's where the frustration comes in. Yeah. I felt attacked there for a second, and then I realized you were talking about the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wait, is this an invitation for me? You should know that I enjoy attacking your kids all the time (laughs) as I stare at Anthony in the eyes. No. Nothing. No one child specific, but I could just see that as like a common theme of... Sure. You know, mom acts this way with one child, but she doesn't with me. Well, it's because you're not that age, you're not that mentality, you're not at that point in your relationship with your mom. And you're not that person. Yeah. I mean, all relationships are bound to be different. Just communicate if you need something more. And don't be my least favorite kid at the moment. Exactly. (laughs) If you stay off the least favorite kid list at any given time, you're golden. I love telling your kids where they stand on my list. (laughs) Keep them in their place. Yes. And the one... Sam, you're Sam. I love Sam so much. Because she really is just tries to do so well on mm-hmm. everything. So when she does mess up or misstep, it's like... It's devastating. What? <laughs> and it's devastating for her. It's devastating for me. Like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I came walking out and she was in the middle of having her nose in the corner as a consequence. And I was like, Sam? <laughs> what did you do? And she turned around and looked at me with these eyes like, uh. <sighs> I was like, turn around. <laughs> turn around, bright eyes. <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, but just knowing, like, these are the boundaries. And I talked to her afterwards, like, this is why it happened. And I think she takes that so much more personal and really tries not to have it happen again. Sure. Which is great. Yeah, she, she really makes a lot of effort. But whenever I tell But it case, crosses a line, too, of, like, over-expectations for herself and... Wanting that perfection, that's good. that's going to be stressful for her <laughs> over the years. It should be. <laughs> that's perfection. <laughs> Duh. That's how she should live her life. That's how I'm going to make her live her life. Exactly. <laughs> but when things are just going good with her and normal, I always put her at the bottom of my list. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> she's fun to tease yeah. and fun to scare, it's too. It's a fun reaction. Good times. Boundaries, important. End of story. Yeah. Full stop. And really, if you get upset because someone's enforcing a boundary, maybe self... Self-evaluate. Evaluate. Look sure. and see why <laughs> it is hurting you so much. We're done talking, I think. <laughs> we have run out of the ability to speak effectively. <laughs> because I'm planning new things for Anthony now. <laughs> You're plotting in your yep. head. Multitasking at its finest. Let us know any good ways that you know to torture kids. To or, help them learn you know, their boundaries. Healthy boundaries. <laughs> Thoughts on boundaries and what you've seen the effects of, you know, boundaries in your life. It's been really interesting. I highly recommend the Adult Chair Facebook group because especially during COVID, they're talking about like, how does an extrovert do this? How does an introvert do this? And people are given their opinions and they all come together on the realization that we're working on ourselves and trying to be better. Yeah. So it's not like a negative attack. It's 
the supporting have you thought about this or have you tried different this? Perspective, perspectives which yeah. is amazing alright that's it Anthony okay. I, thought, I thought you were going to say I highly recommend torturing your kids strengthening the boundaries <laughs> <laughs> that too that's true thanks for listening love you guys bye